Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Man, we've got another rock star guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. The hits just keep on coming, folks. This guy is an entrepreneur, trader, yogi. I have no idea what a yogi is. I, I think, you know, he's probably going to tell me. So, you know, I and, and so, but you can find him on Instagram at Clay B. Hodges, H-O-D-G-E-S. You can also find his company, the Ronin Forex Group, R-O-N-I-N-F-O-R-E-X-G-R-O-U-P dot com running forex group.com but you can find clay hodges right here right now on the intentional courage podcast clay what's good brian what's up man smash the intro well you know again it, it, the the rest of the conversation may go sideways uh, a little bit but uh as long yeah. as we can get the intro good that, no, that no. that's a good thing clay let's start here okay we the the world as we know it has been topsy-turvy the last 20 months. Everything that we thought we knew, things like that, has has kind of gone haywire, things like that. Take me through the last 20 months or so since since the pandemic started March of last year. How has it impacted you? And maybe give me a lesson that you learned from it that you're going to implement going forward in your business and life. Maybe maybe there was some kind of that aha moment that you had. You're like, man, I, I'm going to do this from now on. Yeah. Okay. So that's, uh, man, I think that question so many people could benefit from and probably reflect about it. Cause like we, there's so many things right now that are beyond uh, our control. So, you know, my journey when this whole, whatever's going on, nobody, I don't know what's going on. Nobody really does. There's so much, uh, you know, disinformation and different sides arguing nobody knows what the truth is and so like at, but at the start just like everybody I was pretty scared and you know I, I was was didn't know what was happening and I was like very fearful for my parents and stuff too who are older and you know and so like I got sucked into you know the the 24-hour news cycle then then like the different conspiracy theories trying to figure out what's going on behind the scenes and, you know, the first part, mid, mid part of last year, I hit like a super uh, dark, I guess you'd say depression because like <clears throat> I was in Nashville and I found out you were in Huntington, West Virginia. So I'm originally from Kentucky, right? So Bowling yeah. Green outside of there, my family has a farm like Alvaton, which you probably know. Yep. Uh, so I went up there to stay because I, you know, everything was shut down here and you weren't supposed to go out or all that stuff and so i was like oh, okay well at least i'll go out take my dog up there we can hang out so but next thing you know i've been there for like two months and not going out just kind of really just over over the hump of like the initial what's going on here plus all the markets like crashed and stuff and you know so it's navigating with that with my business and and i like definitely hit a rough spot of just depression anxiety and had to come to a realization that there are only so many things it doesn't matter what's going on if it is a pandemic or 
earthquake or whatever, like, you know, there's only so many things I can control. And what are those things? Like, it, even if my, say my business is off the rails or relationships or, or whatever, the few things that are in my power are, you know, my body, the way I'm feeling, my mind. <clears throat> and then from there, a uh, bit of a spiritual connection. I think that's different for everybody. But, you know, I had to come to the realization that sitting here watching all this news, watching this, like, you know, fear mongering that's coming on, you know, like they, I had to realize that the people putting that out, even either if it's, I agree with it or I don't agree with it, it's designed to keep me watching so they could keep making money anyways. Right. No, so, you, that's a beautiful point you just hit on. And I'm glad you went there, Clay, because it, it, it it's almost like bad news is good business. And that's the inverse of the way that business normally is. You mentioned the markets. Markets always respond favorably to good news. It's been historically that way since, since you know, I would say it like this, since God created the stock market, right? And you, markets always react favorably to good news. They always react unfavorably to bad news. And it's the inverse. And I love what you said there about, it was good for their business. But I don't think many of them realized that at some point it was going to become toxic to their business because of what you just said. You know, it's like, wait a minute, that's that thinking is counterintuitive to the way business actually works. And people are just going to turn you off. Like when when people turn you off and shut you down, you're done. You're you're just done. I want to I want to ask you a little bit about the the market because we saw a lot of things and and we saw some things like that. What were you hearing from customers that you were dealing with in your company? If I could go there for a second, what were some of the things you were hearing from people that maybe either surprised you in a good way or you were like, "Man, I'm concerned about this." Because Clay, forgive me for the the long winded question. Some people might have taken like I heard people say. When people are selling, I'm buying because if I, you know, if if they're going to panic, I'm going to take advantage of their panic. I'm going to I'm going to buy when everybody I'm going to buy when everybody else is selling. A am I making sense there about? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So like, uh, and yeah, that's a Warren Buffett, I believe he said like uh, the best time to buy is when there's blood in the streets. That's what I, yeah. I would listen to Warren Buffett. I mean, guys, dude's 90, what, 93 years old and still making money hand over fist. I'd probably yeah, listen to who, who knows? But like, uh, so there's a couple parts to that question. One, but just to get back, I think, thankfully, in my opinion, I believe the pendulum is swinging back the other way that the biggest part or one of the biggest problems or issues going on in our country that nobody's think, talking about it from like uh just an overall point of view is the complete uh the complete loss loss of any trust whatsoever and pretty much all the institutions so like uh you know government yeah for sure, you know nobody trusts well you know if they're talking my uncle has saying if if, if she's talking she's lying <laughs> yeah. that's what they used to say about salespeople, man if they're lying if their lips are moving they're lying you know yes, yeah for the you know definitely uh 
one that with bad intentions, but you know, yeah. the, the government now, it seems like, you know, all the bailouts, all that stuff, $5 trillion of st stimulus, 5 trillion. It's actually more than that. Well, let's, let's go there for a second okay. because I, I love where you're taking the conversation because markets are built on trust market business is built on trust if 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 the marketplace doesn't trust the offering that you have it doesn't matter how good you think it is if the marketplace doesn't trust it they're not going to be receptive to it and i love what you said there about about people trying to to overinflate what most normal people were seeing like i could see it with my own eyes and people are like, oh no, it's you know, it's not that bad. You should trust, you know, you should trust it. And, and people are going, but no, the Dow continues to go backwards on a daily basis. You know what I'm seeing with my eyes is is counterintuitive to what I'm hearing with my ears. I'd rather trust my eyes in that situation. When you when you think about that, and and, and I love what you said about trust. How does the market regain the trust? of people that want to invest in the market? Well, uh, man, so there's a lot there. So it's not just the market loss of trust, loss of government, loss of elections, potentially yep. for a lot of people, which is like, well, you know, basically we don't have a country if people don't believe the elections are real. I'm not yep. saying one thing or the other. What no, I would, you, no, you're, uh, I like where you're, I like where you're heading there. Keep going there. Right. Okay. And so then the, the big, the biggest culprit of them all is, uh, well, you have the propaganda machine, which is the news cycle, which, like I said, I, I feel like the pendulum is swinging the other way. So now like people are just turning it off. Like I'm not the only one that just like was just hooked hook, line and seeker last year. Yeah. It started to affect them mentally. It started to affect their business. It started to affect them like spiritually, maybe even physically, you know, just like, you start to go down that uh, living in that bad energy and stuff, and it it affects you for long enough. And I think a lot of people are starting to just be like, I'm turning it off. That's like the conversation I have with my clients and my friends and my family. You know, it's like, don't even don't even tune in. You know, it's, it's hard enough watching a football game and they start talking politics. It's like, what are these people doing? Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and again... You're 100% right. It all circles back to trust, Clay. And, and that's the thing is, and I love where you're, where you're taking us in this conversation because I feel like that a lot of people, and this is why this podcast exists, is because when you see something over there that, that just doesn't look right, you want to be encouraged that that's not the way it's always going to be. That that's not the but because if you looked at it and and let's let's stay with the market for a second. Mm -hmm. If you looked at the market at where it was and said, okay, this is the way it's going to be, then you don't know historically how the market acts and reacts. We've been in these down cycles before, where there has been panic selling, where there has been where the market is just acting abnormally. And that's what we saw last year was an abnormal act of the market. But if you if you take a historical look and you go, okay, well, there's things that I know about the market that I see that these trends have happened in the past. And now all of a sudden, you start to get that confidence back because people will start to come to their senses 
and they realize, okay, this is the way. This is what is what I'm seeing is not the way. It's an it's an aberration, and that trust comes back. Let me let me finish that thought there because I love again, man. You're you're going, you're, you're pinpointing it in this part. When we talk about rebuilding trust, and you think about that from a financial standpoint, what has to happen for the American people to trust? finances and trust the market again and trust it to because we man the market was cooking before before the pandemic hit i mean man it was rocking before the pandemic hit so how do we rebuild that trust in, in the market again and then i mean it's worth pointing out after the pandemic it was an even bigger after the it all like you know just came tumbling down in march right after that march of 2020 after that, there's a, the biggest recovery in history. And so, like, <clears throat> this is where I think, I believe that, you know, pretty much all the trust has been, I don't know if you can get it back, man, to be honest. I, like, the biggest culprit here is the, the Federal Reserve, who is the one that's actually pulling all the, all the levers on what's happening and running the show. So, like, you know, to get back to the, the uh, last part of that, all this stimulus, the five trillion plus, and I've been taught, I've been kind of ranting a little bit, you know, to some of my followers about this. <clears throat> First of all, the five trillion, I don't know where it went. Like I just looked outside here because I would expect it to be like paved in gold. Like, you know, because like think of it, think of it this way. So you say five trillion, and people are like, oh, five trillion, trillion, da 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 da. And it's like become a talking point that people are like, okay, yeah, five trillion, but like. So one trillion, one one trillion is nine hundred and ninety nine billion plus one more billion, right? Yeah. Can you? Most people, I I think I can kind of wrap my head what it might be around like what it might be like to have a billion dollars, uh, it, but it's difficult to do in reality. Ten billion, I, I you know it, that just it just becomes like. It's not even real. Like twenty billion, a hundred billion dollars is like you can't like it's mind-boggling. Like to fathom what that actually yeah. is and what it means. So that's would be a hundred billion. So make that one trillion. So it'd be nine hundred ninety-nine plus one billion. That would be one trillion. Now add five more of those. It becomes a thing where it's like, uh, you know, how how many gray, gray, uh, grains of sand are there? And like. Panama City Beach, you know. Yeah, well, and, and here's the thing too. To to close this part of the conversation, to your point, when Apple be became the first company to market cap at over a trillion dollars, that was huge news. And you're talking about five apples, five Apple corporations in a in a in a stimulus package in a spending bill that people were just you're you're a hundred percent right. And it and it's it's that kind of perspective that is so good. Let's step aside, take a break. We're we're going to continue this part of the conversation because what Clay's talking about is really important. And in just a little bit, we're going to get into his story, incredible story of overcoming addiction. Um, man, this is this is so good. We could spend three hours talking about this, but we want to we want to condense it. Keep going with the conversation. My guest, Clay Hodges, joining me on the Intentional Courage Podcast. Back here in just a moment.
Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you, as a business owner, can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. Clay, we talked about that before the break. Man, you you were just, you're really giving this audience an MBA level lesson. In, in those short sentences, you're giving us such an MBA lesson in in how we can how to think about what's happening. So let's go here for a second. As an entrepreneur, and I want you to put your entrepreneur hat on for a second and talk to those people that have small businesses and things like that. What's something that we can do to keep ourselves thinking ahead? of where, where the government's thinking. And again, I'm not trying to get political, but how do you stay a step ahead when everything points to you're going to do this, you're going to do that, your business is going to be impacted, supply chain issues? How do entrepreneurs stay one step ahead? Uh, I think, you know, for me, it's by being able to do my best to become a master of my own life. So that's like removing all vices, which, you know, for me was, which you alluded to alcohol, drugs, uh, you know, for people that are just tuning in or, or whatever, you know, I grew up in rural Kentucky and you're from West Virginia. And like, so back in the nineties and pain clinics were everywhere. That's what, that was the norm. So like that took over my life for a long time. So now after I've gotten, you know, been clean from that and then built a business and regain my health and mind and this is what i had to get back to last year when i felt like my sanity was kind of going off the rails with this whole pandemic thing i was like okay what are the few things that i control my health what i'm putting in my body what i'm listening to and so what i'm getting at for an entrepreneur if you like it's great if you can pull all these levers around you but at the end of the day if you can't really control what's going on here you are you have a very a weak now, I'm just saying to you, I'm just talking about myself. I'm yeah. Figures. You're on a weak foundation. Now, if we can just rebuild ourselves, and this is what I believe would actually rebuild this country as a whole and the world, is that, uh, you know, if we can put the focus instead on what everybody else is doing, let's, the government should do this, they should do that. You know, these this group of people that identify as this, this is what they should be doing. It's like, no, no, no. Who cares what any of those people are doing? This is what I should be doing right now. This is what I should be doing. I need to, you know, if, if I look in the mirror and I see that, you know, 40 pounds overweight, 50 pounds overweight, and it's like, oh, 2022 is coming around the corner. I guess I'm going to make that uh, resolution and tell my wife that, you know, I'm, I'm going to 
lose 40 pounds this year and she, you know she's gonna be like you've been eavesdropping in our conversation you've been eavesdropping yeah, in my yeah, house man yeah, yeah, yeah. have you been yeah. have you been wiretapping my house man i have dude i have yeah, yeah but, see, and, and, but the re reaction from people is like you know yeah sure you said that last year so what we really need to do is get honest with ourselves about how we can improve the small things because they're always always staring us in the face our Man, and, and forgive me as we're recording this my cell phone rings and it's my wife calling me so i mean it's 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 funny but she actually hired me dude yeah that's exactly right man that's exactly right that that is a perfect place to pivot man and and, and you're just beautifully taking us to to really cool places and i'm i am digging where this conversation's going let, let's go there and let, let's go and tell your story because you're right about Appalachia. And the thing that I've told people when they find out that I, that I live in the Huntington, West Virginia area for, for a lot of years, this has been ground zero for the heroin epidemic. You know, five years ago in one night, we, we had 26 people that had to be Narcan. They had to be revived by Narcan. 26 had to be revived, 25 survived, one, one did not. But our EMS system was taxed that night, Clay. I mean, we made national news from it. And there are a lot of people that, that life, the pandemic, <clears throat> business not going the way they want it to go, will take them to those places because they're trying to find an escape and a release. Would you take us to how you ended up in that place and would you would you just this is a great place for you to go ahead and tell your story because i i mean i love where you took us and so i i want to be mindful and just continue to go there sure yeah okay so i mean uh definitely the abridged version because like this kind of thing i i could talk about forever but uh just for anybody that is going through that and like kind of it's it's people allude to it the opiate epidemic the heroin epidemic and like but in reality, pretty much at this point in this country, everybody has, if not themselves, if they're not dealing with some sort of addiction issue, you know, a, a kid, a spouse, a relative, friend, coworker, somebody is. I would say in like a one to four ratio, people are affected by that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it just kind of became the, the norm growing up where I did and like, you know, uh, it's not that like, you know, I, I had tried oxys and all that stuff when I was a kid, which I had when I was 16. It's not like I was boom off to heroin. It was a, it was a progression and, but it was, it was normalized. And I feel like, you know, drugs are very normalized in our culture, either for good or bad. And, but you don't hear too many of the horror stories until it's too late, like what you just said. And you definitely don't hear too many people that are like, uh, unless you go to some sort of a 12 step meeting or something where people have overcome those kind of things. And like, that's one of the reasons why I decided to come out and tell my story and, you know, trying to get clean took me all over the country. Like I told you before, I've been through Harpers Ferry, West Virginia, uh, through hiking the Appalachian trail and that was in 2010. I did that to get off, uh, Dilaudid's and morphine. And I was like, I didn't want to go to treatment again. I was like, ah. I don't know what else to do. I'll, I'll go out here and hike the trail. And so, you know. What does it take for, Clay, I got to ask you this. Okay. Because you you, you said, man, I, I had to 
hike the Appalachian Trail to get clean. And, you know, you're like, I didn't want to go back to treatment again. What does it take in your mind to get to that point to go enough is enough? Because that, that man, that's a most rational thinking people. And I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody with this statement. Most rational thinking people who don't have an addiction problem, that's that's kind of a bucket list thing for them to do is hike the Appalachian Trail. You were you were putting this plan together, and you were in the middle of addiction where it was. I'm sure it had to affect your behavior and things like that. How do you get that moment of real granular clarity in the midst of full on addiction? Well, I mean, I think you know it's more grace than anything when people have a moment of clarity like that but uh yeah just to be clear uh i didn't i try like i didn't get i tried to get clean and did from like dope and that kind of thing but you know i still was drinking on the trail and partying it was great but uh really so that was how deep my denial was to actually face what was going on on the inside i would rather go and hike two thousand miles than actually get to the root of the problem so you know but like it, it worked for a little bit, you know? So, but then the thing is, is like that saying, you know, wherever you go, there you are. So, you know, like I eventually it caught up to me, the, uh, you know, self-sabotage, the negative mindset, the negative thinking, the uh, compulsive tendencies, I guess you would say. So it's not like it was all, it wasn't all bad and wasn't all like, there's some extreme high points. And then of course, after that, you know, 2012 is when I came back to after, you know, a series of tragic events and traumatic events, you know, in, involving Narcan, involving overdoses, involving jail, involving, you know, girlfriend that I'd had to revive all kinds of stuff getting beat up like this is I'm just like compiling it all like I've been there for anybody's listening to this like you know uh heroin it, I, at the end it was the heroin Xanax I'd have to do coke to like you know for meth to like even function and I thought I was like kind of just I thought I was fooling people and the thing is is like I was just so unwilling to get honest with myself and you know it doesn't have to the thing is is like you don't have to go to that place of where I was of like desperation you call it the gift of desperation i like to say you know the bottom's wherever you decide to quit digging right so like for me uh you know i had to learn the hard way just because that's how i learn and grateful now for those experiences because it's helped me to look first look within and then turning within so i can find some sort of connection to the world outside of myself so like uh, getting sucked into back into that news cycle last year, like I alluded to, I was getting away from my my true inner self. And like the thing is, is we have to get honest with ourselves. Like one of the last times, the last time I went to treatment was like uh, I had worked previously at a uh, the same treatment center. I went there and then I got out and I'd start. I like got a yoga teacher's uh, license and then eventually went back there and started teaching yoga and helping out and. Uh, so then after relapse years later, I left and, and it was back, I was in Colorado where I'd lived for a long time and, you know, everything hit the fan and I was desperate and I had to call the guy who was like, a, this is like a pretty militant place. It was like men only hardcore 12 steps is out in like Burns, Tennessee. I don't know if you've ever been out there. It's like yep. middle of nowhere. It's, it's middle of nowhere, you know? So like, uh, 
and he he, does, he typically doesn't let people back in and if if you are you have to stay there for like a year and so like i but i called him desperate and you know he was like i told him everything that was going on and where i was at he's like all right man we'll we'll let you back in and but it's time that you start getting honest and i was like yeah i mean i have i i told my mom what's going on my dad my uh you know i packed everything up everybody knows what's happening i've told you know i'm uh filled everybody in i'm not hiding anything he's like no 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 clay it's time you start getting honest with yourself and man you know that that hit me in such a way i mean it's it's a small statement and for you know every now and then somebody will say something to you that's like a truth beyond anything that you could ever even argue with like somebody says something that just like knocks you on your heels all of a sudden you're you have goosebumps your hair stands up and i believe that's like a divine message from somewhere else you know somebody's speaking just an absolute truth and when you hear an absolute truth there is no argument for it because it's truth all, all there really is in this world is truth and we live in a world of falsehoods we live in a world of falsehoods of delusion of you know people trying to you know not people but different influences that take us away from yeah. our true connection to that world that the creator made you know which is the natural world and like uh we can tap in to that truth and every now and then you know you're looking at a sunrise and like you're like wow man this is something bigger than yeah. me or you look at the stars and we experience that because it's just the way things really are at the time so sorry i went on a little no no, no that that's that is beautiful and and what i was hey everybody brian sexton want to tell you about my new book people buy from people 10 powerful people lessons from the ultimate people person my dad my dad was one of the greatest connectors that i ever knew and he shared with me 10 connecting principles that i have used throughout my 25 year sales and sales management customer engagement and leadership career that i'm passing along to you if you want to be a stronger deeper and more powerful connector you've got to pick up a copy of people buy from people there are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector you can go to amazon and pick it up kindle if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way or now available on audible and there's one other way you can get a copy of people buy from people you can get one from me and i'll sign it for you you go to intentional media and publishing at gmail.com and send me an email and I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of people buy from people. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. What I was writing down was hearing an absolute truth because I would have to think, Clay, and, and here's where I want to go with our conversation, is that if you could step back in time to that, to that, to, and, and you ran into yourself on the Appalachian Trail, what do you think you might, Clay, now in 2021, what do you think you might have said to yourself? at that time in your life because you were like man I, i'm trying to i think i'm doing the right thing 
by trying to get clean and hiking. But the truth is, I traded one addiction for another because you were like, man, I was partying and drinking and like, well, yeah, it's not as bad as, you know, it's not as bad as heroin. You know, alcohol is not nearly as bad as heroin. And that's, you know, in, in, I say that because, you know, I remember before I had weight loss surgery and I would take my diabetic medication. I look back and I'm like, man, I would stop at the convenience store and get a little pack of chocolate donuts and a diet Pepsi because it said, take medication with food. I was like, well, yeah, of course, you know, I've been taking medication with food. Why not? But what do you think you would have said to yourself in that moment if you now could go, could have gone back then and put your arm around yourself? Yeah, you know, I mean, the the level of denial that once we get into that space is just the lies we tell ourselves are like unbelievable. You know, it seems ridiculous at the time, like looking back kind of with the, you know, must have with food, like story you alluded to you know my denial was like uh this is this is fine i mean i was young immature and like the path that i was on trying to work through some stuff but really at the core of that i was filled with so much fear um that you know i that my life was out of control and you know i didn't really know what was going to happen i felt like i wasn't living I, I didn't even feel like it. I knew I wasn't living up to my potential and I still feel like I'm not, but I'm, it's something I, you can always aspire to. And what I would tell, you know, 10 years, 12 years ago, which is crazy, uh, that man, it's, it's, it's all right. You're taken care of. Like, you know, God's got your back. You know, if your listeners aren't, I don't mean that. And like, I just mean like the, un, like the universe has got your back and, everything's going to be all right. You know, yeah. you're running from whatever it is, you're running from the un unknown right now. You're hiking, you're, 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 ha you believe you're having fun. And on, on one level, you're not, but really you're just uh, becoming more detached from your true self and the potential that is deep inside. And so I think a lot of people, it just creates this hole that we just try to fill. So for me, it ended up with, you know, Xanax and Valium and whatever, eventually whatever I could get my hands on. And I'll just add to that. Now, you know, I've realized that I'll use whatever to get out of that space. Like if I'm, if this, I'm going through something that, you know, I, I don't want to deal with or confront or just like, I'm not feeling okay. You know, it could be Netflix. It could be food. It could be relationships or sex or, you know, porn or whatever it could be just to be real with everybody out there. I'll use yeah, you know yeah. poker, whatever. And, you know, in the same way that it was like, you know, oxys and heroin and whatever at that time, that just was the quickest thing that I could do. And right at that point, there was like, there was no, nothing was off limits. And like, you know, now it's, it's like, but I can catch myself, even just negative, negative uh, thought patterns, negative thought loops. Like we can indulge in our misery to the point of where it's an addiction for most people, scrolling, scrolling on Instagram, swiping on Tinder, whatever it might be, we have a world of vices that we live in. And that is that the falsehood of, you know, a constructed world that we are in that takes us away from ourselves, you know? And so like for me too, as an entrepreneur, how do I even apply that to like life and business and everything else? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, writing down, this is actually my journal, I'll write it in the morning, like my goals for the day, my ideal self, like who do I want to represent? Like <clears throat> somebody that's honest. So I look at pr principles like this week, 
I'm, I want to, I write down five principles at the start of the week, right? So if for that week it's honesty, you know, then I would say we all kind of know what the definition of that is, but really it'd be like the definition of that at the time for me, if it was open-mindedness, you know, what's the definition of being open-minded for me at that time? If it's, uh, if it's compassion or, you know, patience, those yeah. are all like things that we can aspire to. And that's how I can get back and get more to this true self. And then of course, beyond that, it's a lot of action. And what that looks like for me is uh, diet, exercise, uh, you know, reading, listening to positive stuff, you know, positive music, uh, not like to the point where it's like cheesy or anything, but like, you know, like if, yeah, it's, yeah. But like if I'm in the gyms, you know, I'll throw something on, get me hyped up, like some Tupac or something, maybe just for a little yeah. bit or some like Metallica or Tool. But like, I'm not gonna be listening through that all day because it's just like, you know, that has a certain vibration that, you know, continues throughout the day. So, like, yeah. Um, no, I get, I, and I get it. And, and everybody, you know, everybody encourage it. And that's what I talk about find things that encourage you. Find those things and encourage you and tap into that. I got to ask you, man, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this. Can you take me to the lowest moment in your, in your addiction where, where you just, where it could have gone either way, you know, because a lot of people, and we talked about this a little bit ago, there are some people that, that have an addiction and it's that, that one hit of heroin that, that costs them their life or costs them everything. And do you, do you have a moment where it's like, yeah, that I was there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have so many, it's hard to choose, but, but no, like it was 2016, I was listening, uh, I was living in Crested Butte, Colorado at the time I'd been clean, uh, from like everything for, for a while, 2012, and then kind of my old party ways started to creep in. So uh, at the time I was uh, working on the mountain, I was a ski instructor in the winter and fly fishing guide in the summer on the rivers out there. And so like on the outside, it's like, oh man, you know, I have all these, these cool jobs that people would want. And it was like that kind of, but you know, I was in a relationship and things seemed to start getting normalized. Right. But I would just, you know, drinking and just partying a little bit, but you know, not not any way like I was, right? I thought I had it under control. And so, you know, a series of events happened, which like life happens. And, you know, the uh, girl I was with at the time who I thought I was in love with, and I don't say this in any type of like self-pity or definitely a victim consciousness type, but like, you know, had cheated on me with this dude she worked with. And I, I was super crushed by it of course. And like, you know, that started a kind of a downward spiral. We broke up. I moved out of the house that we were living in together. She had a kid. I was super attached to him, you know, and I had this vision of what this life was going to be like, you know, a family. And I finally like got the pretty girl I, I always wanted. And I'm living out in the mountains and I'm a fishing guy. And I had this like dream grandiose vision of like my life and myself. And uh, when those things started to get taken away from me. And I, I actually threw my own, the way I was reacting to the situations too, um, played a huge part in it. Uh, all of a sudden I'm like not living there anymore. I'm, I'm sure every, a lot of people have been here before. I'm like sleeping on an air mattress at my buddy's house. And because I'm just trying like, who is another fishing guide. So I'm like sleeping on an air mattress, 
started drinking again, eventually lost my, lost my job. Like couldn't get any clients at the place that I was uh, guiding at. And it started this downward spiral that happened, you know, in like a two to three month span. So like eventually uh, I was out at the bar and in Crested Butte, there's like the population like 7,000 people, right? And there's a bar called yeah. Talk of the Ta Town there. It's on the main drag, Elk Avenue. And I see her there at the bar and I'm like, you know, drunk and I like start trying to talk to her. And she's like, ha like has me follow her outside basically. And the dude that she was with, <clears throat> it turns out it was another guy. Like, uh, it was just, I don't, she, she went through some stuff too, I guess, because it, she had just like gotten with somebody else after the dude she'd slept in, uh, she on with me on. But anyways, he was outside and jumped me from behind, broke my nose, like, uh, you know, fractured my skull. I had like the raccoon eyes, you know, if you ever get, if anybody's gotten like just beat up, right? Like that's all, like, there's no way to do it. I was knocked out and, you know, assaulted and, you know, he got charged and all that stuff. And uh, I like woke up in an ambulance and just completely like this happened in front of the bar. It's two in the morning. I felt like everybody in town saw it, right? Completely humi humiliated, destroyed, like the girl that I thought I was in love with. Like, I was like, she had me got beat up or like, yeah. it, was, it was insane. And then, you know, so I'm on the ambulance and like they, I come to and the EMT's like, hey, you're you're in a lot of pain here. Your, your face, your nose is broken and some other stuff. And we're gonna give you uh, this pain medication called fentanyl. We just need your permission first. And of course, you know, I was like, I'd been clean off of the opiates for uh, a while, for some years. And, you know, I was like, please, please, it, please God, <laughs> not anything. Yeah. That just like uh, <clears throat> started this, you know, th then it was off to the races, right? And so then I'm out of the hospital in uh, three days. And, you know, it was an altercation of bars. So like my name was in the paper with this other guy. And like, I had two black eyes. My face was like the size of a water. My head was the size of a watermelon. Dude, I felt like the, the Phantom of the Opera, like, or the, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I had like a hood on. It's winter. Um, and so, yeah, completely humiliated and suicidal and like all these things that I was identified with, you know, after a lot of like, you know, looking back in therapy and everything else, uh, I was identified with myself not me the way i try to be now right uh, i was identified with i'm her girlfriend i'm gonna be this kid's dad like i'm we're gonna have this place together i have this cool job so i'm like the fishing guide with the the girlfriend and i identified myself with all these things which i actually am not and when those things got ripped away from me i'm left with asking myself who am i and that was a, a really harsh realization because I had no idea who I was. And so I ran from, or, you know, so the only way to deal with that, and I think this is where a lot of people are today, um, you know, it's because there's so, such, everybody's identified with something. I'm a this, or I'm a that, I'm a anti this, or I'm a something that, I believe in science, I believe in God, like, you know, and they're just identified with these things yeah. and uh, yeah. it's causing a lot of pain and divide. But so ultimately, you know, I got out of the hospital you know, eventually a day later, I had a they gave me a prescription. A couple of days later, I found the dope man, 
And then like five days later, I was uh, found dead behind a toilet in Walmart bathroom and uh, got revived with Narcan. And it's not like that was the first time that happened too, by the way. But like this time I, I had nothing, I had no job, I had no money. My face is destroyed and, you know, literally found behind the toilet in uh, February. And, you know, this might be a little bit graphic, but just give people like, like I had to go into this bathroom because it's so cold that I couldn't have, I couldn't find any veins in my arms. And so I had to get in there to warm up to wow. then like find, try to desperately find a way to get high. And, uh, you know, and I was at the, it's not like I, I was just at the point where I didn't care what happened. And if I didn't wake up, it would have been a favor because I had to do, you know, had to go through that whole, the pain of living again. But I didn't have the guts to just like jump off a bridge or something. I wouldn't want to do that. So, but uh, yeah. And so I went back, went uh, to uh, treatment. So that's when I call, called the, uh, the director guy and he told me I got to get honest with myself. So I uh, went back to treatment, was there for a couple months and then was like, man, I had this, this is, this is when Clay took over. When Clay takes the driver's seat, Clay messes stuff up because I think I know how things should operate instead of like letting go and, yeah. you know, letting the universe kind of guide me when I'm like, no, it has to be this way. I, in certain way, things I am. Yes. But when it comes to like running my life in a lot of ways, I can really, uh, mess stuff up especially when i'm like not fully in a in a right minded thinking so i started to get my uh started to get some control back in my life started to feel better got my health back my body back i was like oh i'm gonna go back out to colorado and i'm gonna go back and show everybody i'm this is me filled filled with pride just to you know elaborate when i'm like filled with pride and e ego and just trying to run the show it usually doesn't end well and so i ended up going back there was uh was there for like five days and uh ran into the this dude at the and this old lady that was like the the old kind of like the old meth lady in town <laughs> so there's yeah. one in every town uh in kentucky and west virginia yeah that's right yeah yeah and so like and next thing you know i i, I relapsed and was back in the hospital and then was that's when i finally opened the door to just being like, just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'll do whatever. And I thought I'd been there before plenty of times, but at a certain point, once you, there's a moment of sur surrender and you kind of alluded to it. And I said, you know, the gift to desperation and grace. This is like how I started to develop this, some sort of spiritual connection because it got back to the things that I, I could control. Clearly, I couldn't control my life at the time. Clearly, I couldn't control my drinking and using no matter how how long I tried to tell myself that, hey, you know, I could just have a drink. You know, sometimes I would, yeah. sometimes I'd have 10. Or, and then eventually that would lead to uh, to the other stuff, right? So uh, I I just kind of gave up on all that stuff and, and was able to start fresh. And just to, um, I came back to Nashville and that's when I really, really went all, all in on developing a purpose for myself, which turned into entrepreneurship. I've always been an entrepreneur. And so I was rebuilding my life here, doing my best to stay humble. I was working construction, Nashville, summer, 100 degrees, 
And, you know, I was great. I got another guy in recovery, gave me the job and I was grateful for the opportunity. But at that time in 2016, you know, like podcasting started getting big and you started to hear about these other entrepreneurs, like, you know, Tony Robbins and Grant Cardone and like self-development people. And so I just started read to read a ton of books, watch, you know, uh, videos and educational material and really like went above and beyond to try and educate myself on this whole new economy that we're moving into, which is a digital economy. Like, you know, I had tried the, uh, going back to school. I did that like, you know, three times and, and, you know, finishing and that, and then like being like, well, I still have debt on that, that I'm still paying, you know? So like yeah. that whole system is no longer valid in my opinion. It's a great way to learn social skills, but unless you're super, uh, super plugged in with being set up or, you know, if you want to be a doctor too, which is awesome, you need more doctors, but like, uh, that's a lot of school and a lot of debt. And yeah. you know, there's a lot of other ways to make, make money and help people, which is, you know, my end, end goal with helping them to learn about markets and, and trading and finance and just different ways that options to, uh, to make money today. And like it gave me a purpose reading about this stuff, being inspired, you know, when I had nothing, I'm, I'm like just on a construction crew, we were putting irrigation lines on uh, new construction sites. So, you know, people would, somebody build an apartment building and then we would put all the irrigation lines and stuff. And, uh, and so, yeah, you know, like it gave me something to tap into at work all day and instead of coming home and doing Netflix, which I did for a little bit, and felt empty again, felt the same way I was feeling when I was you just thinking. filled your mind with different things. You just filled right. your mind with with uh, entrepreneurial content and and in and, and Clay, I have a friend of mine that knows a lot of stuff and he said, Man, I'm gonna tell you something. A a lot of what I learned, I learned on YouTube. I would just consume YouTube videos. I would just watch and, and I would just I would be smart enough to pick it up and and I'm like, dude, that's brilliant because, again, to your point, Clay, and I and 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 I mean to, to interrupt you there, but jump in, but that that there has never been a more powerful time in our country's history, in the history of the world, where that can happen. And so, man, as as we wrap this conversation, I want you to, if you don't mind, there's great intentional encouragement about what you just said. And how you kind of beautifully just wove all that together. What's your biggest piece of intentional encouragement? Uh, man, you know that it's okay to make a shift. <laughs> it's okay to make a shift and change things and like continue to change and continue to grow. It's not okay to just do it tomorrow and do it the next day, do the next thing. But in order to do that, we have to know where it is that we want to go. Like, you know, and that's why I continue writing in my journal every morning, write my goals down, my targets, my gratitude, uh, because it's an, it's a map that like, at least gives me some direction. The majority of people, if you start doing this, you, I, I try to do it in the morning and the night. I write down my goals, gratitude, uh, like victories for the day. Like what was my, and those victories are like, took the garbage out, walked my dog, went to the gym, uh, answered all my emails you know, read, read 10 pages, follow my diet. Those are victories that are going to stack up and wins that are going to stack. 
and stack and stack. And next thing you know, you're not using dope anymore. You've got your own business. You uh, have a house. You're um, getting on podcasts, right? But like from where I was when I was working construction, it seemed like, uh, well, I thought I'd be way further along than I am now. But that's what we always think, right? But at least I was dreaming. And that's the thing. We are so con- disconnected and even like encouraged in a negative way, like some negative encouragement not to dream, that it's yeah. not okay to think big. That's not okay to be like, you know, when we were kids and you wanted to be the astronaut, you wanted to be the chief of the police or you wanted to be uh, the the Wall Street trader. And that's like, uh, man, you don't even hear that stuff anymore because it's more everybody's pushed into this bo- box of being average. And I decided, I realized that fortunately in a way that almost killed me. And that's why I say I'm grateful for the experience that um, I don't have anything to lose by going for it. And you, you don't have anything to lose by trying to be the best version of yourself every day. Like my, my big prayer that I do in the morning is, uh, you know, please help me, help me to be the best version of myself today. Like whatever, I'll go, you know, go hang out with friends or even go like have dinner with the family. And before I go, it just like helped me to be the best version of myself, which I've started to identify what that is. And if I live in that space, then everything else is going to be taken care of because, you know, we were created to be able to deal instead of like being consumed with fear, anxiety, and depression. So like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay, it's okay to like pivot and make a shift. And in fact, like, you should do that, figure out what it is. But like, um, how would just ask your listeners, like, what do you got to lose? If you feel yeah, like yeah. it's not working out, it's going to take a while. I'll go, I'll be, uh, I'll be straight up with you. Uh, it's going to take a while, but so does, uh, sitting on the couch for another year. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're hundred percent right, man. It's, it's, uh, I love what you just said. What a beautiful way to end our conversation. There's nothing to lose in going for it. Man, I, that is so cool. Tell folks how they can connect with you, Clay. Man, you have – I'm indebted to you for telling your story here, man. I, I'm so appreciative and indebted. Tell folks how they can connect with you. Yeah, sure. Now, just to remind everybody, like, you have a story to tell. Everybody has a story to tell. I realized that I was doing – it doesn't have to be a story like mine. I was doing everybody that, you know, follows me and that knows me um, a disservice by kind of hiding that. And, you know, when we tell our story and whatever it is, it's like, hey, man, I've been there, too. Like, this is what happened to me. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? You know, it's like we can actually even kind of laugh about it, you know, and uh, be grateful for it instead of hiding it like it's something to be ashamed of. So whatever your story is, get out there and connect with somebody because we're meant to connect with with each other. So, um, so the best way to connect with me is I didn't mean to make that segue. So no, you're I'm good, probably, man. That's good. But the best way to connect with me is my Instagram. Probably it's clay.b.hodges. And then, you know, you have a link tree. It's a link there. And it has all the links to my trading telegrams. That's where I do most of my, you know, trading and market analysis and I have YouTube Ronin Forex. And yeah, you know, hit me a message on, on Instagram and be like, dude, I heard your podcast and, this is what I got going on. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to connect with you. So, you know, I'm not the type of person that, you know, like, like I just said, I am doing this to connect with other people because it helps me. It helps me yeah. about myself and um, know that we are all in this together, despite what is trying to be sold to us, just to bring back, bring us back to the start of this, you know, the fear and the division and all that 
it's done on purpose to divide us if, because if we can start to connect with each other, no matter what our beliefs are, things are going to get a lot better and we'll be able to actually be the creators of our lives rather than the re reactors of our lives. And, you know, we're living in a nuclear reactor right now. Man, you, you have said it. Clay Hodges, this has been great. This has been a really great conversation. Um, again, I'm indebted to you for taking us where you took us today inspiring and encouraging people. That's exactly what this podcast is about. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for joining us on the Intentional Encourager podcast. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.